I would like to acknowledge that the Teach Reach podcast is operating on the unceded traditional territories of the Matsky, Kwantlen, Ketsi, and Semihamu First Nations. Growing up on ancestral territory of the Taino people, and now as an uninvited guest on Turtle Island, I recognize the immense impact that the land has had on me. The land has taught me respect, reciprocity, reverence, humility, and responsibility. Through indigenous knowledges, I learned that the land carries stories, histories, medicine, and gifts that enable us to reflect and connect with ourselves and our communities. As a stories-focused podcast, I understand the value of investigating place and space to grapple with real-world issues. I seek to support the ways that indigenous peoples are using to protect their land and communities. It is my intention to continue learning how to properly honor and care for the place where I live. Welcome to Teach Reach, a podcast to explore human connections through shared stories. Stories are what we store in the vault of our heart. Through them, we are exposed to a variety of voices to understand the narratives that shape our communities. We are all stories, those we know, those we live through, those we fabricate, and those we wish to deconstruct. However, we are not always at the center of those stories. We teach, you reach. Brad is a certified associate leadership coach who's very, very passionate about what he does. He brings like energy and high creativity to help small business owners to, to take their companies to another level. He's an incredible teacher. He loves to connect with people. And I, I had the chance to have Brad as my first CrossFit coach. And you could see from day one, he wanted to, you know, add value to to my life and to everyone's life that he he had a chance to influence and touch. He is a father. He's a podcast host. So he has the the podcast, the Brad Bardner Truck podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast where he shares his, you know, his reflections and his inspiration and also his struggles at time. Um, he really, really, he's really big into connection and community building. He has a group that's called the Impactful Man, where he's bringing men together to create positive change in their lives. Um, overall, it's, it's a beautiful conversation that we had. Um, we shared, you know, um, how he how he teaches, where he gets his inspiration from. We talk about parenthood and and what it takes to be a father and how to approach you know each of our children and and we see the the uniqueness um in each individual and how he extrapolate that to um how he deal with his clients and and also you know it's it's the big heart that i see and in a little you know trigger warning we talked about about suicide as well um during the episode so um, I would recommend that people take care of themselves and and you know seek help if they need help. Um, so so little content warning in there. Overall, a great conversation, and I would ask people to enjoy the ride, 
share this podcast, give us reviews on Apple and Spotify um, because every rating and review, they help us get the word out about the show. And my goal on this podcast is to have at one point Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. And the only way I'm going to get there is by having as much review and give that platform, get that platform as big as possible. So give us five stars. If you give us four, four stars, you are a hater. So give us five stars, give us a review, share this podcast with everyone you know, and then let's get this going. Enjoy the ride. There's, there's one part in your bio that kind of like resonated so much with me about the impactful man. So mm -hmm. I want to get to that side a lot. Yeah. Um, but other than that, wherever your heart goes today like for me i'm just like i i love following people on the journey of like put a mic in front of them and be like let's let's go right so beautiful and Thank i you. know that you're very comfortable in in those settings mm -hmm. um and very inspiring so so that's that's uh that's where i'm heading i don't know if you have any anything in particular before i kind of like officially you know yeah no run I'm, into the <laughs> i'm in your i'm in your very gifted hands and i'm excited man it's an absolute honor thank you so much for having me and thank you ian for doing things in the background yeah yeah all right so today welcome brad to teach reach podcast um backstory i love telling a little backstory of how i get to know people and and I met you seven years ago, eight years ago in my CrossFit journey. You were the first coach that I had at a 6 a.m. class. I was already like, like, you know, trembling because I'm like, first of all, who wakes up at this ungodly hour to work out, let alone come and coach. Um, and and it's it's you have kind of like a, a magnetic way of of running classes myself being a teacher so that was the first contact i i got with you and and my first entry point it's something that you did in a class that stayed with me for seven years and what you did was the following was like we we had the workout and and whatnot and you find a way to like run the class crossfit workouts are usually an hour you find a way to run the class and you lined up everyone after that and we had a little talk session and for me it was like on like i never heard that before um in in crossfit classes and then we you, you were like you you categorize you know our life you were like how is your nutrition life how is your physical life how is your emotional life and you ask us to give a grade and myself as a teacher i was like oh my god this is freaking phenomenal but <laughs> It was so I would like you to kind of like guide us into why do you do that? Why did you do that in a class? I know it's a long time ago, but kind of like where does that come from? That desire to classify things and then for us to provide a grade on, on our lives. Wow. First off, amazing memory. Uh, I don't I don't recall that, but I, uh, it doesn't surprise me. And I think my motivation in doing an exercise like that is less about me collecting data. I'm not so concerned really about what the score you give yourself from nutrition or spiritual, emotional, physical. Um, what I'm trying to encourage in that moment is the person, whoever I'm interacting with, 
encouraging that person to touch base with themselves because through that I'm able to I'm able to more deeply connect with them. And when I'm more able to deeply connect with you as a human being, I can see more clearly how I can show up for you. Where can I help? Maybe I can't at all. Um, but an exercise like that just allows me to help that person uh, almost like self-assess a little bit. But through that self-assessment and through those uh, deeper questions, if you will, it allows me to see, actually see you uh, and not just you as the, as like the body in front of me, but you as the person, you as the man, you as the woman, you as the soul. And that is just so important to me that people feel that. So the fact that that stuck with you is is such high praise from someone like you, because I, I, I do know um, how important teaching and coaching is to you. So the fact that, that stuck with you is, it means a lot to me. Um, and I'm guessing at that time, it was just very organic for me to do it uh, with the intention of just creating a deeper connection with each and every person that was uh, in that class at that ungodly hour, as you put it. Right, right. And I mean, you are you are a business coach. You are a father. You have a podcast, the Brad Bordner Truck podcast. Um, and and how how do you weave connection in those different you know areas of your life that's a word that you mentioned like that like being able to see the other person how do you weave connection in those in those settings to me uh, everything is just innately connected and like the quick story i'll share with you is i, I literally just finished uh, a one-on-one with a c-suite executive a coo of a, of a national business here and i was sharing with him a uh, a mental or philosophical approach to a problem that uh, I learned from our three-year-old son. My three-year-old son taught me this philosophy that I'm now sharing with this client that I'm working with one-on-one and everything is connected. And I, I see that uh, very clearly in my life and I have for so many years. So as much as, as much as I show up in different buckets in my life or different categories of my life as a, you know, as a business coach or a one-on-one coach, uh, as a father, as a podcaster, just as a partner, for me, it's, it's so, it's so connected in every single aspect that I know something that my partner Lindsay is teaching me is going to be applicable to how I approach my podcast. Something our son is teaching me about um, how to help him learn something. I know I can then apply to my business. So, I actually look at life as this, not to sound a bit woo-woo, but it's just, it's all holistic. It, everything is connected. So as much as I'm wearing different hats um, and perhaps using different language or showing up differently at different times, uh, everything influences everything in my life. And I become more aware of that as I get older. So everything is connected. And what I see works in one aspect of my life I'm going to double down and use that in another area. And I'd be mm. very surprised if it doesn't work as well. Yeah. You talked about, your, do, do you mind? I'm, I'm always curious about how, you know, the, the little kids in our life, what they say to us and mm. how they impact us. Um, do, do you mind sharing that little nugget or that little piece of like absolutely philosophy that, that your three-year-old, that three-year-old taught you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I find myself now really uh, working with leaders, like I said, C-suite uh, individuals, CEOs, CFOs, COOs, 
uh, people that are really in charge of people, people that are working with people. And what our son taught me about that, about working with people was we were potty training him. Uh, this is about nine months ago now. Um, and it was way different than when we potty trained our daughter. So our daughter is 19 months older. And the way that we were coaching Cole, our son, through it just wasn't working for him because we were coaching him the same way that we coached Lena. And what I learned and the epiphany I had or the awakening I had in that moment was it's not Cole's job to learn how I teach. It's my job to teach how he learns. And that for me was such a paradigm shift in how I work with my clients and how I coach my clients to work with their team as well. So what Cole taught me is what, what works for one person as far as uh, coaching them, influencing them, inspiring them may not work for the next. So as leaders, it's, it's our absolute responsibility as parents as well to understand that it isn't their job to just learn how I want to teach it. It is my job to teach how they are best going to learn it. And it's amazing how much that has landed with people and how much they've begun to use it practically, whether it be in life or in business and the dividends it pays. And the last thing I'll say to that is the gift that Cole gave us through that process was um, seeing him more, seeing him as an individual. And that's what I encourage the leaders that I work with is when you take time to actually see the person that you're working with, you are going to reap so many rewards and benefits from that. And the biggest reason nowadays that people leave a corporation, leave a job, is because they don't feel seen or appreciated. So if you can take time to do that, your business is going to be more successful. Your life is going to be more successful, however you determine success. But it's just going to pay dividends. Taking time to understand it's not your job to learn how I teach. It's my job to teach how you learn. Wow. Wow. That's like that's uh, teaching at its core. Like it's just it's just understanding kind of like who you're dealing with, and and also it's it's like using the proper language to address someone, right? Like the language that resonate with people, and of course, by there's some there's some boundaries here and there, but it's it's like you said, seeing and and adapting to the to the learning style of the other person that you that you're dealing with now. Um, what I what I feel is is difficult is like is there a certain practice that we need to put in place in order to develop that skill, for example, right? Of of learning or or being in tune with what the other person, um, what language works best with the other person. So so is there a certain practice or? Or set of skills that you that you develop or that you that you have interacted with that can help or foster that that um, responsibility and adaptation. Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me when you ask that question and something that I work on, um, you know, daily is becoming um, world class at asking questions and then helping my clients. The individuals that I work with become world-class at asking questions as well. And what that requires you to do is r really be super thoughtful of the questions that you're going to be asking the person. And the question could be something like, 
what works best for you? Like, I want to serve you better as a teacher or better as a coach or better as a leader. What does that look like for you? And then doing something that's really challenging for me and then shutting up and then letting them give you that feedback. And you can do that in relationships as well. And I, as I say it out loud, I should be doing it more often with my partner and asking questions like, how am I showing up for you as a partner? How do I show up for you as a partner this week? What could I be doing better to serve you as your partner? So for me, um, as a leader, as a teacher, we need to be constantly seeking feedback and asking those questions. What do you need from me? But here's the key to that this piece as well, and this has to come before before any of this, is there has to be an implicit trust in relationships and business. If there isn't a trust there, then that person's not going to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable with you and give you really what they need. Because generally what happens in a leadership role or even in parenting or sometimes in relationships as well, if you don't feel like you can be honest with me and vulnerable with me, you're going to just tell me what you think I want to hear. So as leaders, we need to do what first? We need to show vulnerability. We need to show, hey, this is where I'm weak. This is where I want to get better. When we do that, when we model, going back to the to children as well as parents, we need to model for our kids and then and only then can we expect for them to learn. Um, so for me, trust comes first. I have a real challenge. Last thing I'll say to the question, I apologize, it's a bit long-winded, but the last thing I'll say to the question is, um, I don't believe that trust needs to be earned. I believe that trust needs to be given right away. I will implicitly trust you. If I'm bringing you onto my team as a vice president, I'm going to implicitly trust that you understand. I'll give you the expectations and I'll give you, you know, milestones, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll do something that I call trust and verify. So if I say, Hey, I need you to go stack that wood that needs to be done by Wednesday. And you say, okay, I understand. I'm going to trust that you understand. And then what I'll, what will I do Wednesday morning? I'll probably go and just check. I'll trust and verify, but trust has to come first in all of this. Mm, mm. That's, that's beautiful, man. It's like encompassing, like, there's an accountability piece as, piece as well, right? In trust, right? Like in that trust and verify relationship. And and I I feel like so far, you kind of like flip things on their head because as a business coach, as a parent, as a coach in general, we often think that we are, because we are in the leader role, we have all the answers. And, and what, what you kind of like enlightened for me here is that you flip things on its head or it's a paradigm shift of like, no, I don't have all the answers. I, I can develop better questions in order to guide the person to, to present, you know, what they need or, or also because you trust them, they can present their best self, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, um, they can be, they can be stronger. So it's, it's, it's interesting because I am. Um, I always feel like as a teacher, we are trying to get that from our students and, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's a system or whatnot, but it's difficult sometimes to have that trust, right? Like we kind of, instead of like trusting and verifying, we are like micromanaging every little step of the way, as opposed to let the person kind of like grow and, and explore things of, of their own. Right. Um, so how do you it's not really how do you but 
what had led you to that path? Because it's kind of like it seems that it's a it's something that is in line with your your own character. Like mm. all facet of your life looks like that. So what had led you to to be someone that gets to a place where you give trust instead of like wanting to earn trust? I just think of who do I who do I want to be around? Who do I want to um, have in my power circle and who do I want to be led by and influenced by? And it isn't someone like you said, that's micromanaging me. It's someone that can see within me, my real potential. And then they give me the space to explore that. And I just think of the example of all of us, me, you, Ian as well. Like at one point in our lives, we were all just trying to learn how to walk and when we fell, what happened? Were we scolded? Were we in trouble? Did we then fail? No. If anything, we were applauded. We were supported. We were celebrated because others could see what was happening. They could see that we were trying. They could see we were looking to grow. And it doesn't help me to put my arms under my kids' sorry, my hands under my kids' arms and support them and help them all of the time. And I realize that I need to trust that they do know what's best and they can do this and they are going to fail. But through that failure, they are going to truly understand their capacity or truly understand their, if I can, their God-given talents, whatever you want to call it, God, Mother Nature, Source Energy, mm. whatever. But if I'm sitting there and I'm constantly the one that's giving direction, constantly the one that's giving the inputs, it's really going to stunt their growth. And that's going back to your original question about that CrossFit class. I feel like one of the innate gifts that I've been given is I can look into you and I can see your potential. And it's almost like you're in your car and you really don't understand what your capabilities are. But I'm outside of your, I have an objective view. And I'm like, dude, you can go way faster. Or you can make mm. that turn. You can do those mm. things. I trust that in you. And I'm there to encourage you, to inspire you, to give you the tools. But then stand back and verify when it's needed. Um, I feel like the, op the, the antithesis of that, one, is just boring to me. And two, it's exhausting. I'm only one person and I can't do that right. and be that for everyone else. So I, I have to, I have to allow for that space. Otherwise it doesn't serve the person that I'm working with and it's going to exhaust me as well. Right. Right. Wow. That's, that's beautiful, man. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm learning so much when I, when I talk to people and when I interview people, I kind of like, I'm, I'm seeing things in a different, different light and, and, I, I do consider, you know, the job that you do, it's a job that requires a lot of like introspection, a lot of like self-reflection and, and kind of like a, a desire to not, it's not not taking yourself seriously. It's like, I don't have all the answers, right? Mm -hmm. But I have something that I can provide, which is that objective eye to kind of like guide the person through the process that they are going through, whatever that process is. Um, I want to, I want to shift a little bit because you mentioned that every, every now and then, like fatherhood is a big 
thing for me as a father mm-hmm. um and for you as well i imagine but what 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 does fatherhood represent for you mm. what does it mean to be a father great question for me it's it's actually a piece of my fulfillment meaning i've always felt this was my path i've always known this was my journey um and when i met my partner uh, mother to my children uh, I was just so clear in what I wanted and who I felt I was due to become and that was to be a father and for me it's just part of my fulfillment journey and that's part of why I do what I do as well professionally is because I, I feel fulfilled when I help someone else become fulfilled I feel fulfilled mm-hmm. when I when I help others so fatherhood for me is that process as well. It's just this, I feel so innately, I feel it viscerally in my body that I was, I was put here to be a father and I feel so blessed and so lucky that I had forgotten the opportunity and we have two healthy, beautiful, and sometimes challenging children. But um, <laughs> for me, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a gift that I knew, I believe to my core, I was destined to fulfill and it's it's right. been an amazing journey so i feel like it's just this is how it was supposed to be and this is how it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting because it's it's kind of i remember when my when my youngest was about to be born i spoke with a friend and he was already a father of, of many <laughs> before me and he said you know what dude your life will change irreversibly but for the better, mm. right? It's like mm. there's there's no way to go back, mm. right? And and but it gets better from there. What I what I find interesting sometimes, like listening to fathers, is like if you had someone that's about to be a new father right now, what would you want them to know? In terms of even from positive and also the challenging part, like what is the kind of like things that are unsaid about fatherhood that you feel like you know what, I would have loved to know that prior to enter into that, mm. that endeavor. That's a, yeah, that's another great question. It's, it's so cliche, but I really believe cliches are cliches for a reason because they're so simple and they're so true. Um, it, it goes by so fast, as you know, and we're still in like that new phase. Like our kids are only four and three. But I can still remember, as I'm sure you can as well, you know, the days in the hospital and, um, crawl, like I said, crawling and walking and all of those things. So I would say do your best to take as many mental snapshots as you can. We're gifted now. We have these amazing computers that fit into our pockets that you can take a picture, uh, which is great. Uh, and I encourage people to do that if it's something that you feel like you want to do to document it. But just just slow down when you can with these kids these human beings because it does go by so fast and the last thing i would say is understand as much as they're your children they're also their own soul they're their own being they're their own human on their own journey so if they don't think like you if they don't act like you that's okay and find a way to celebrate right. that. And again, like I said earlier, work as best you can to get out of the way and not stunt that. Um, so yeah, definitely just you know take snapshots as much as you possibly can, whether literally with your camera or, or figuratively with your mind. 
and then understand that as much as they came from you and your partner, um, they are their own person. They are their own human. And, right. and right. celebrate that and honor that. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. It's it's still like, it's as if fatherhood, and it's maybe the same for everything that we do. It's like we are building it as we go, mm. as opposed to like um, it's a it's a path that's given to you, and you just walk it. Like you know, the the skills that your kids are acquiring are beautiful and at the same time challenging because you're like, well, you understood that concept very well two days ago. Mm -hmm. And now you have no concept of that because you're building something else on top of it. And you're like all the effort and the gentleness that you try to like present whatever Mm -hmm. skill it is that you're trying to present. Like my seven year old right now, we're trying about, we're talking about like verbalizing Mm -hmm. really like, like naming emotions Mm -hmm. and naming places in the body but some days it works perfectly and some days you're like oh this other challenging so that challenges so it's it's a i don't know man it's a work in progress all the all the freaking time right um and and it's i feel that you're um as a business coach a podcast host a partner a, a, a father there is like you started um a a new venture Mm -hmm. recently. I don't know how long, but it's called impactful man. Mm -hmm. And I, I I would like you to kind of like enlighten us on what is impactful man What's the purpose behind it. Um, what, what led you to, to, to start that? Mm. Why impactful man? Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I wake up in the morning and I'm the exact opposite of my partner, Lindsay, who runs a very successful bookkeeping business. She's so linear. And Mm. I'm the opposite. I wake up and I have 25 different ideas that I want to act on and start this business and start that business. And I actually had started Impactful Man um, about a year ago. And I know that to be true because the website renewal just came back up. And uh, (laughs) it was very just like serendipitous, all these things that happened. I'll I'll get to that shortly here. Um, But Impactful Man originally was uh, meant to be a platform for men or anyone who identifies as a man to come and share, learn and connect. And while now I understand there's so many different platforms like that out there today, I felt compelled to, to create one of my own and how I believe impactful man goes a step further is we exist to create positive impact, whether it be, in our homes, um, within the impactful man community or in your local community. So there's always a call to action with what we do within impactful man, that whether it's a daily or a weekly thing that we are somehow creating a positive impact, um, in our local communities. And quickly, the reason that this just in the past, uh, three weeks became a thing again was I was on social media and I uh, saw a post and I was stopped in my tracks and I got goosebumps and I was almost brought to tears and actually discussing it now kind of evokes that emotion for me as well. And uh, I'll say uh, an acquaintance, not a friend, someone that I met in Vancouver um, had taken his life and 
this this beautiful human being uh, from the outside looking in had everything going for him, like six foot three, just covered in muscle, um, as handsome as all get out, had all the characteristics of, you know, that friend you wanted to be around or um, I could imagine all the women that were probably lining up to, to spend time with him. And then I come to find out that he's no longer with us. And in that moment, I knew that I had to re-engage with Impactful Man. I knew I had to get more active with Impactful Man. I knew I had to invite more people to within the community. And while I'm, I'm not disillusioned to think that um, I don't have illusions, part of me, to think that I could have saved his uh, life, um, but I'm not willing not to try. I'm not willing not to be there for people. I'm not willing not to at the very least create a platform where people, especially us as men can come and share and be vulnerable because so many of us, myself included, we go through these periods of darkness, for example, or depression. And we feel that we have to show up a certain way because we're quote unquote men. And I really want to take part in, in tearing down that stigma and providing men a platform to not only come and be vulnerable, but also positively impact their, uh, their community. So thank you for allowing me to talk about it. It's something that um, is really passionate, sorry, is a passion of mine, really important to me and something that I'm really spending a lot more time uh, on moving forward uh, because it really does uh, mean a lot to me. And it's the absolute least I can do when I see beautiful souls like that uh, feeling like the best option for them is to no longer be here uh that just uh, it uh it hurts my heart all right well brother thank you very much for for sharing that i'm I'm deeply sorry to mm. to hear that someone that you know um have have taken their lives and and it's always difficult to to navigate or to deal with with everything and and as you enlightened very well is that there's a lot of things that we see on the surface that we kind of like label as you know as good but mm -hmm. it's only when we create those containers to have those difficult conversations to come vulnerable to present ourselves in our in our most darkest muckiest mm -hmm. like ways that mm -hmm. we can provide shoulders so so I'm, I'm, I, everything you said resonated with me and, and I'm, I'm glad to know that you don't have the pretense to think that you can save everybody, but you are doing your fair share mm -hmm. of, of providing a platform. Um, myself, I recently joined a men's group here in Vancouver and it's been a cross or an intersection between like a, a group therapy session, a brotherhood, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's the the format is very um, strange, right? We have like all those people that identify as men sitting in a circle, and and presenting their you know it it helps me move thread the needle of mm. things that I that I journal about things that I that I feel, and then and then you feel richer because you know that other people are walking the same path as you 
right? They they have each the unique challenges, but together we are we are moving together. So, um, I I like that you are bringing men together to kind of like mm-hmm. you know, create and and provide positive change and also provide an avenue where men can talk, mm-hmm. right? I, I, in the idea of talking myself, my my parent divorced when I was twelve years old, mm-hmm. and. I always thought that my mom divorced my dad for, you know, like financial reasons and all that. And then 10 years ago, I had a conversation with my mom and she's like, honey, I, I, I divorced your dad because your dad don't talk. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would have had like 500 reasons why my mom divorced my dad and talking would not be in there. And she's like, I didn't know what was going inside that man. Right. And, and. And I realize how important it is to communicate, right? We, we always say that communication is like, communication is important. And you're like, okay, well, sure, it's important because I need to tell what I think. But how we communicate, provide a space where people can open their heart without being judged and by, by being accepted, right? So um, kudos to you, man, for doing, for doing this um, this amazing process is there is there a way how does it work does people subscribe or how yeah right right now it's right now it's really uh like quick and easy it's it's a facebook group that exists there's a website as well um so i'm i'm in halifax nova scotia and we're also going to be activating um local community events um there's going to be a i i had done a successful dinner series in vancouver before i left um where we invited 60 to 80 people to an exclusive dinner uh, and all of the money from those dinners will go to local food-based charity. So impactful man is going to be doing the exact same thing here in Nova Scotia, where we're going to the men's group. Those of, that, those of us that are local part of me are going to be the ones that are putting on these events and then donating those uh, proceeds to a local food-based charity. So that, that really is for me to your point about your men's group that you were part of now in Vancouver, it's almost like we're taking it to the next level. It's great that we're coming together. It's great that we're connecting mm-hmm. now that we have all these re like we have all these resources. We have each other. What can we do outside of us to make to make the world around us better? So for me, it's okay. We have all these people. We have this quote unquote manpower, if you will, let's go out and create some positive change. And I know just from experience in doing that so many things, beautiful things manifest as far as you know feeling again fulfilled the purpose all of those things and i'm just a true believer that it's uh serving someone else really does serve us as well and that's a key to impactful man is is seeking ways to positively impact those around us outside of our group as well Mm, yeah so so kind of like serving the community right act of service mm. makes us makes us fulfill um talking about servicing and your um the dinner you were um in the restoration business as well or what is your connection i, I know that you do a lot of things with restaurants at one point yeah. you were in vancouver yeah what is that connection like are you a cook like yeah you- <laughs> no great great question so i i i started scooping ice cream when i was 16 years old and something just went off inside of me this connection that could be formed uh with another human being when there was food involved and now i've just Mm. i've studied food so much and culture so much and you see how important food is and what you can do when you share a meal with someone in regards to connecting with them 
And uh, so, yeah, so 16 started scooping ice cream. And then for 20 years after that, I remained in the food industry. It took me overseas to London where I lived for two years and then traveled around just learning about, you know, food in Paris and then uh, traveling through Spain, Greece and Italy and um, just ensconcing myself in food. And then coming back uh, to Canada, I traveled directly to Vancouver and then began running restaurants. And yeah, I just, I love the hospitality industry. I love, we love entertaining in our own home. It's just so beautiful to me what can happen at a dinner table. It's so beautiful to me what can happen over food. And again, that's part of why the majority of events that you'll see coming from Impactful Man will involve food because it can be such a conduit to conversation, such a conduit to connection, such a conduit to understanding someone's culture just by eating their food, um, sharing a meal with them. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a massive geek when it comes to food and restaurants. I'm definitely not a chef. I can cook, but I'm not a chef. There's a big, there's a big difference between <laughs> the two. Right, right, right. Are oh, you a big Anthony Bourdain? Bourdain, Bourdain um, yeah. Plan? Yes. Bourdain, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the very first books outside of school that I found myself reading uh, cover to cover was Kitchen Confidential. And I still take a lot of the mm. stories that he shared in that book uh, and apply it to my life now and to my business now as well. So. Uh, rest in peace to Anthony Bourdain. Um, again, going back to the idea of men suffering. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I know a big fan of his and, and what he did for the hospitality industry and also for what he did in regards to exposing a uh, majority of us in North America to what's outside of this little shelter that we live in as far as food and culture. And uh, yeah, he was such a, um, such a trendsetter and, just so giving of his ability to connect with people and share with the world. Right, right, right. I feel that you wear so many hats, man. Like, and and you are, you know, well versed in all the hats that you that you wear. Right? How is it? It's a question that myself I struggle with. So I like to have other people's take on it because I wear a lot of hats myself. So how is it to live in that intersection of all those hats, mm. right? Like, how is it to live at the intersection of like being a business coach, being a father, being someone that, you know, work in, in trying to build communities together, um, um, being an active father and an active human being like at the intersection when we all those things meet all that energy how is it how is it that you're able, how is it in that intersection for you that intersection for me is just bliss just like mm. that's like i said earlier everything is connected for me and i'm at a point in my life i'm 40 years old and I'm not quite there yet, but I'm really close, like really, really close to where if it isn't a uh, hell yes, it's a hell no. And mm. I've worked really hard to getting to the place where I don't, where I won't, pardon me, where I won't participate in something if it doesn't fuel me, if it doesn't fulfill me. And all of those things they give so much to me and that's why I do. And again, like 
how I show up for my clients is really not that much different than how I show up for my kids. Really actually for my mm. kids, I'm probably a little less patient, but <laughs> again, everything for me is just so connected. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but just what came to me and what I downloaded when you asked it, when you said that everything intersected, it's just, it's just, it's me. It's that's, right. that's Brad. That's Brad being right. Brad. It's I, I know no other way of being. Mm. Mm. That that's that's the definition of bliss for me. It's like it's kind of like there's a there's a certain naivete that is with bliss, but it's it it's not to be confused with weakness, right? Like mm. it's bliss is to be certain of where we stand. So so oh, that is absolutely really really beautiful. Yeah. Whether it's whether well, it's sorry, just quickly, whether it's leaving a meeting with yeah. a client or uh, you know interacting with someone in a impactful man or dealing with my kids. I just take a moment just to like soak in it. And I feel so like on fire, like so on fire. Mm -hmm. And that's when I know this is right. This is exactly mm -hmm. where I need to be. Anyway, I apologize. I jumped in there. and No, 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 that, that, that's totally, that's totally fine, man. That's, that's beautiful. I, I love like the re the richness is that a word in in English? Yes, yeah, richness? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes is, yeah. after after a while, man, my English just like dwindles. <laughs> like you know, um, the the richness of 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 your experiences, mm. right? Mm. And and now you're back in Nova Scotia. How how is life? Like you you were born and raised there, but how is life in Nova Scotia? Like, yeah, I love it. I mean, obviously, I'm a bit yeah. I'm a bit um, you know biased in my opinion, but I I love it, man. But you know what? I would love wherever I was. Uh, this was my reality. Like, like I said, I've, I've got a beautiful family, healthy kids, incredible partner that pushes me. It doesn't matter where I am in the world as long as I have them with me. Um, but yeah, I love it here. It's so friendly here. People, mm. people on the highway are like letting you in. People on the road, <laughs> when you walk by them, are actually looking at you and they're connecting wow. with you and saying hello and excuse me and holding the door and. Why I don't want to throw any shade at Vancouver. I love Vancouver. It was my home for 17 years and I met beautiful people like yourself. But coming back home after being away for so long, it was so refreshing. And it's not mm. that it's not that it's slower, it's that it's more sincere, is what I find. It's just and it's beautiful out here, man. The only thing we're missing is the mountains. Um, right. The ocean is there, the air smells great. Uh, we've we've landed a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. And yeah. yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change our path at all. We miss Vancouver. We miss the coffee shops. We miss the restaurants. We miss the people. But mm -hmm. as you know, when you have a young family or you have a family, we were really, we were really doing Vancouver the way that we were doing it when we were, you know, mm. young and didn't have a family. We weren't hiking Grouse Mountain every weekend. We weren't going mm -hmm. to restaurants every night anymore. So we felt selfish a bit. We were only staying in Vancouver because we wanted to stay in Vancouver what was really best for us as a family as a right. as a culture and it was to to come back to nova scotia where i'm we're insulated a bit with grandparents and more family um right and just just the reality of um you can get you can get a heck of a lot more out here um <laughs> as far as as far as space uh yeah. with your dollar so yeah we're we're right. super super blessed yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this part out of the podcast <laughs> for my wife not to hear it because um my wife is a big um whenever she's sneakingly 
browsing her cell phone. She's looking at houses mm. all over the place. And it's, it's, uh, I'm going to edit this part because I, <laughs> I love Vancouver too much, but no, yeah. uh, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I know have, as someone that have, we all three of us here have had the experience of like leaving our home to live somewhere else. Mm. And, and I've always wondered what it, what it means to, to go back to the place that was where you lived and, and you illustrated that in terms of like, you know, it's refreshing to go back to your, to your old grounds. And, and it's a blessing as well. I feel that you can show your kids where you grew up. Right. Uh, um, it's something that I, I long to show my, my, my young kid, my youngest kid, like where I grew up, where, where I like, you know, this is where I went to school. This is mm -hmm. what happened at that place. So it's always, it's always interesting. Mm -hmm. um, we are about to land, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I always like on the trip that we've, that we've gone to, we are, we are about to land. And, and something that I always close the, the podcast with, because podcast is called Teach Reach and, and I, I connect with teachers and, and, and coaches and the, the, I, I always close with two teach and one reach where um, I ask my guests two things that was, you know, either positive or they feel like they learned something over the last, I don't know, few weeks or few months. Um, and then one reach, which is like a big no-no, a big of like, hey, be better, do better. I don't like that. Whether it's something that you read or you saw online or interaction. So um, um, if you wouldn't mind um, um, sharing two teach and one reach with us. Yeah. Um, thank you for the space. And thank you, Ian, as well, for helping in the background. That's been an absolute honor. And I mean that sincerely to, to be on the podcast and share this time with you, with you both and for all of you listening as well. And I, I truly believe this could be one of my teachers, I guess, is time is the most valuable thing that we have. So I'll say right here, thank you for sharing your time with me. And I believe that to be true. Um, we are uh, mortal. This will all, all will end at some point. And that's to me, isn't a morbid thing. It's actually a beautiful thing uh, to, be mm -hmm. to be attached to that reality. And hopefully you hearing that it will cause you to do that thing that you've been thinking about and move on, move on whatever it is that's inside of you. So, yeah, I guess that's my first teach is um, time. Time is the most valuable thing that we have and it is a very limited resource. So get in touch with that as, as intimately as you can. Um, the second teach would be something that I've really been challenged by over the past, I'd say month is no one's coming to save me just isn't that's just that's just the way it is and i don't again i don't say that like woe is me feel for me feel no it's just i ultimately am the one that's in charge if i want my reality to be a certain way if i want a certain body if i want a certain bank account if i want a certain relationship or a certain reality it's on me no one's going to do it for me and at times that's really difficult to hear and we can surround ourselves with support systems. We can join men's groups and we can hire coaches. And it's great that it's the world we live in and it is so accessible nowadays. But ultimately, just like in that very first CrossFit class, I can be there to support you, but I can't do the work for you. So it's really down to you. No one's coming to save you. And the moment we understand that, that we're the ones that are full charge, as fully in charge, pardon me, it, it really does 
it's such an empowering thing to understand. So understand that no one's coming to save you. That's actually a beautiful thing. You are in charge of everything. Um, and then remind me again, what's the premise of the reach? The reach is, it's a reaching foul if you play basketball. It's like, okay, it's a, that's, that's a no-no. Like, come on. Like, that's right. too far. Right? Something that was a big, like, a big foul, a big, like, let's not do that. Let's be better as people. Let's right. be better as a society. Let's be better. Mm-hmm. I think having empathy for ourselves, um, slowing down. I literally coach people to put their hand on their hearts, take a deep breath and just have empathy for yourself. This is your journey. It's supposed to be this way. You are where you are right now because be just because it just is accept it. And I know that I'm, I say things to myself that I would never say to you. Meaning I'm mm. so tough on myself that I would never say it to you. Brad, you're stupid. Brad, that was dumb. I would never speak those words to you. But then why am I doing it to myself? Right? So put your hand on your heart, take a deep breath and just practice empathy and understand that it's okay. And you are okay. And you mm. can get better. But the very first step is accepting where you're at today and accepting, like I said, with the teach, you're ultimately in charge of it all. Um, but yeah, don't uh, don't beat yourself up because you likely wouldn't speak that way to anyone else. So don't speak that way to yourself. Right. right. That's beautiful. It's It's such a testament of the amazing coach you are that even in the reach, there's kind of like a a positive way out. It's just you know, like maybe I'm too, maybe I'm too. Uh, um, I need to develop that skill a little bit. But for me, a reach would be like, yo, do you know what? Don't do that, and that's it. Like, you are such a like, you know, a guiding and loving person that it's like, hey, this is this is something that you shouldn't do, but this is the way. This is the way out, and that's a testament of a of a real teacher. I find. Well, I, I say, I say, like yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I, I'll just say to that. It's not a mistake unless you do it again, mm. right? Because mm. it's, it's, it's a lesson. We should be learning from these things. And I know, I know literally, fundamentally, that, that there cannot be growth if there is shame. There cannot be growth if there is shame. So I need to understand that I am going to trip up. I am going to fall short because I'm pushing. I'm pushing myself, I'm pushing my clients, I'm pushing my kids, and there will be mistakes. But it isn't a mistake unless you repeat it. So understand wow. that it's going to happen. Nice, nice. That's that's beautiful, brother. Um, it's, it's such a, I don't know, I feel charged. Mm. When we finish our men's group, we always have to feel like two words to kind of like get out the room and and I only have one word. I feel charged. I feel I feel pumped um, to get to get to 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 step out of that meeting and just go with that with that energy. So so and for people listening, you can like you know rewind those like you know the whole episode. Listen to it again. It's it's like you feel pumped and charged. So thank you very much, Brad, for for your courage, your 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 lessons, um, your vulnerability. And, and really everything that you do 
to create positive communities. Um, I, I value that a lot. And, and there's a singer that I love who says that the best way to live this, to leave this world, the best thing that we can leave to this world is, is a heritage of love. Mm. And, and it's, it's like, I feel that you're building that heritage of love and that legacy of love to, to people around you. And, and even my first interaction with you, you kind of like planted that seed right away and it stayed with me. So it's really, really beautiful. Um, before we wrap up, I, I'll leave you, you know, the space to, to plug the things that you do, where people can find you, where people can, can reach to you and people can follow the, all the beautiful things that you do. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate the red carpet. Um, it's really quite simple. The last name is long and it's difficult, but it's just bradbodnerchuk.com, my website, and there you can access my podcast, all my social media. I'm pretty active on Instagram, uh, at bradbodnerchuk. But yeah, the website's the best place for people to go if they want to interact, um, if they want to engage in something formally or informally, just reaching out to have a conversation. I'm so open to connection. And I look at the gift that I've been given as something that needs to be shared and uh, I'm here for you um, and anyone who's listening, if they, they want to reach out, I'm more than, more than willing to hold space and give that time. Beautiful, man. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate your time. I valued your time and, and everything that you shared with us. So, of course, if you have something that is present that you would like to share with an audience, the door is always open. Like, it's like, you know, when you show up a first time, it's kind of like we give you the key and then you can you can take over the show if you want to so so really 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 appreciative of of all the time and the beautiful thing that you shared with us it was a lovely moment so thank you very much brother yeah thank you and thank you as well thank you for listening to the teach reach podcast this podcast is produced by dr lemstein productions mixing and editing by ian lamb if you are enjoying this podcast We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give us a review on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at teachreach underscore podcast. For our regular listeners, we truly appreciate your support. Thank you. You can find more information about our podcast at teachreach.podbean.com. Until next time, Kembe Lapalagi. Hang in there. Don't give up.